Hello everyone and welcome to Nice to Meet You. This is your host Simone and this is a podcast of conversations with friends and strangers where we talk about life and lessons learned along the way. Before we get started, I just want to say that I hope you're all doing well and taking time for yourselves to just um, decompress and breathe, especially after the terrorist attacks on the Capitol yesterday. I'm just so done with this country right now. It's a lot to think about, um, a lot's going on, but um, we can take a break for an hour and talk about this episode. So um, this episode is with James, and James is someone who is super interested in entrepreneurship, side hustles, making money for yourself, seven streams of income type of person. And we chat about the side hustle culture, we also chat about the importance of education and mentoring the youth and really just being there for students. He tells me about his dreams and goals of what he wants to do in the lives of young black men and just black people in general. So check out this episode and let me know what you think. Today we have with us James and James, if you could introduce yourself and tell everybody how we met. Gotcha. So my name is James Petit from uh, Prince George's County, Maryland. Been here for all my life, 27 years now. And we met um, actually at Amira's sister's party, like our a brunch um, situation. Um, so that's how we met. I'm like, she's really cool. Like, she's an interesting person to talk to. Like, even though our conversation was like very brief, I'm like, she's definitely a cool person. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I feel like we met, like, we had to have met before. I don't, I, I, at least, Charles Char- 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 not my heart. I think that was our first time physically meeting, but. That's yeah. interesting to me. I can't believe we've never been in the same room at, like, before, you know? I got the mind of a 65-year-old. Like, don't put my name for it. Um, but PG County, how did you like growing up in PG County? I feel like, because I grew up there also, obviously, but I just feel like it's such a different place than, like, the rest of America, like definitely, um, especially with it being, you know, quote unquote, the richest black county. I mean, I think you see just a variation of black people from, you know, maybe the lower income, middle, high well people. So it's just just different facets of black people. And I'm sure that's in any, you know, county, but I think it may be a little different in PG. And I had a, a even more broad experience because I went to private school all the way up until sixth grade in PG County, then public school in sixth grade, which was a whole, it was a completely different world going from the private school kids to public wow. school kids. How, how, like, what was, like, the biggest difference between private school and public school? Um, I would say, and I want to say this for all public schools, this is a disclaimer. I'm not talking about all public school teachers, but I think the care was there a lot more with the private school teachers. Definitely our books were, like, always new public school. You are, I know you're getting hand-me-downs. Um, and the kids, I, again, it don't you're not a a better kid because you go to private school or anything like that but when I got to public school I'm like kids was just to me I'm like they were me like they were just always talking about like Jonah I didn't know what Jonah was till I got this is great like my whole I was very enclosed in private school like went to a Christian school so everyone was nice and polite to each other went to public school that's when the real world hit me I was like oh you gotta learn how to fan for yourself just, just kind of just a different experience, but I love both worlds though. Yeah. Yeah. I went to private school for most of my life. I went to public school for middle school mm-hmm. and I think it was just a whole different experience. Cause I went to a Montessori school also. So like we weren't even used to like sitting at desks. Like we had like people would sit at like tables together and like, you could like choose the work that you did. You just had to like submit like reports for the work that you did, like prove that you did something. 
Um, and then, and, it. yeah, it was like, it was like, you know, it's kind of like work now. It's like, you can choose when you want to work on certain things, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was just like, everything was different. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I said, the kids was the biggest difference for the biggest difference for me, um, the teachers and like I said, the things that we were taught, we were taught a little more life skill stuff when I was in private school and when I came to public school, just straight, straight education, you know, history, biology, that kind of stuff. And like I said, like it, no knock on public school whatsoever, because I love my public school education, but the world's, it's a clear difference. Yeah. So um, what do you find interesting? A lot. Um, first and foremost, I find entrepreneurship interesting. I find human behavior interesting. And what I mean by that is why do we do the things that we do and why are we so afraid to go outside the box? Like me and my brother were just talking about this earlier. Um, my mom has redesigned her whole house. And he was like, bro, you know what? Instead of keeping the cabinets here, she can actually have them here. Like we're so used to things being in a certain place and done a certain way. He said, that's the the train that we've been going through since we were children. He's like, but naturally, you can make the world how you see it, how you want it to be. Like forget what everyone else says. And I just think it's so funny. Even myself, I try to break out of that. Like, why are we, why is it so ingrained to us to do things as the world says it's supposed to be and not what we want it to be? So I just find how the human brain, like how it works, fascinating. Yeah, I feel like I've been going like through that thought process, especially with everything that's going on with like the government and just society in general, like mm -hmm. at this whole like coronavirus thing, it just like, it gives you so much time to think that you're just like, why do we live like this? Like. I go like, I'm just like, <laughs> it gets so extreme that I'm just like, why do we have jobs? Why? Like, we should just be doing art. Like, <laughs> you know, like we have enough resources. Like, mm -hmm. I just, I don't know. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm like thinking through right now. And, and even health, health has been obviously with Corona going on. That's been a big topic of mine. Like, why do I eat what I eat? Even when I know it's not good for me. I'm like, I know I'm disciplined. Well, why, why would I not give a, let's say meat? I was like, why would I not give a meat for ever it's like because uh, i'm used to it but it's like once you know something is bad for you now it's all on you to make that decision as to whether or not you're going to get rid of it or keep that toxicity whatever in your life yeah i feel like most people choose the toxic side but like i don't you have to like enjoy life also like you know like if meat is something that you enjoy you know like you mm -hmm. should be able to like I, indulge I, I, a little I, bit right <laughs> I, com I completely understand you so me i love I loved eggs. I haven't had eggs in probably like two years now. Almost was my favorite breakfast food, right? But I noticed every single time I had an egg, stomach was like, yeah, bro, nah, don't do this ever again. I just kept going back to it. So you can enjoy something, but if you know it's not good in the long run, in the long run, why do we still continue to do it? So I'm just interested, why do we still continue mm -hmm. to do something we know is bad for us? You mentioned one way where you learned that lesson, but do you have another example or like another story that you could tell where you learned this lesson of like going back to something that's not good for you? I mean, really, so I did do, um, I went on a two, a two week vegan diet, if that's anything. And I know a lot of people say you had to go months without that kind of stuff to feel something, but I immediately felt, probably after the first week, I had way more energy. My sleep was much better. Um, I was more productive at work or even in my business, just the elimination of that kind of stuff. I know it helped me. So I'm like, when I do transition into that later on, just like you, like, I still like, you know, the chicken and the fish and all that good stuff. But I know later on, I'm a transition because I know what it feels like to not have that stuff and how I feel afterwards. But no, not to anyone that continues to eat it. 
I just understand how my body felt when I eliminated it from it, when I eliminated that stuff from my diet. Yeah. So that's really what it though. Yeah, that makes me think of like um, New Year's resolutions. You know, um, I think this is the first episode that'll come out in January. So it's right on, right on brand. Um, but like how hard it is to keep them, like how hard it is to actually make a change in your life, like to veer away from your old habits, like getting into the gym, for example, is like such a hard thing for people because, well, first of all, the time that it takes up, like you're not used to just expending the amount of amount of effort or time. Mm -hmm. So, and also like exercising, like, it's like, not like you just drive to the gym and you can just sit there. It's like, you actually have to like, you know, put in effort. So, um, I just wonder, I guess, how much willpower it takes in order to make yourself change. And I don't know, is it like an equation, like, of like, will this change be possible? I mean, I think the changes, so I don't think it's an exact scientific equation. I, mean, I know that's not what you're getting at, but I think it takes, like you said, willpower and it takes accountability. And then also, why do you want this goal? So obviously people say, you know, new year, new me, I'm gonna get in the gym, lose this weight. Well, why do you want to lose the weight? Most people just say, well, I just want to be healthy. Okay, well, what happens if you're not healthy? Well, if I'm not healthy, then I suffer more diseases. But why have you suffered? Like, I think you had to dig down a rabbit hole to get to that one true point. Like, this is why you need to work out. Mm-hmm. You went through all those other reasons, but this is the main catalyst for it. I think once you find out that one reason, like I had a friend, he was like 400 pounds when we graduated high school. Um, he has a whole family now. And when I talked to him, like, bro, how'd you do it? He's like, I got a family. He said, I want to see my daughter grow up. So if I still want to be here, I got to lose his weight. And that was the, that opened up my eye. Like the loss of life is what, you know, your daughter rather than your family is what made you change that lifestyle. Not for yourself, but for somebody else. I think that's a beautiful thing. So you have to find that deep down meaning as to why you want to make this immaculate change. And just for the gym, just a little caveat, people don't got to be in the gym hours a day. Like we're trying to tell people like, you can do a quick 30 minute workout every day or every, however you want to do it, you know, and you can still lose the weight of the fat like i just think we we overthink things too much especially when all the answers are right there in front of us we can google whatever we need to know but it's just also, the ex- you don't even have to really go to the gym like you can find other ways to get active like um i just got a dog so like walking my dog is like one way like take like a one hour walk with your dog or 30 minute walk with your dog even like anything but one thing i've started doing recently is jump roping which is like a really great way to um it's like a high calorie like workout high calorie cardio workout um and 15 minutes like after training for a while 15 minutes i could burn like 750 calories like on a good day so just jump in anybody's looking (laughs) yeah but it'll hurt after a while but like it's still that work though and it's something super simple everyone's jumping when we were kids so that's something you're unfamiliar to yeah and you can like you can do it anywhere you know you don't need much equipment like Jump ropes can cost like as little as five dollars, probably even less than that. So you can go right outside. I know it's kind of cold outside, but just yeah, <laughs> house. You can step outside for twenty minutes or whatever. But you definitely do have to have like an enjoyment. You have to find a deeper purpose in working out, mm-hmm. um, and in life. Honestly, um, I feel like I'm still trying to figure out what my purpose is. <laughs> so I feel like I'm just trying a whole bunch of my old hobbies and seeing what I really want to continue doing, what I really enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and also trying this podcast, um, which I've been doing for a while, but it's, it's, it's teaching me stuff every day, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I like you did that because a lot of people don't have hobbies to begin with. So I'm like, I like that you, you know, some things that you used to like to do. Like, let me revisit that now that I'm older. Let's say, do I like it more, like it less, whatever the case may be. 
But those that never got those, I'm like, you got to do some self exploration and figure out what you want to do or what do you like to do? And maybe that'll end up being something that you end up doing for the future as like your career. That's a, that's a big question of finding your why. I just found mine like what three years ago. Oh, word. What is it? So my why is to help kids um, in education, mainly black kids and more specifically black, black boys, because the library in which I work at um, is a low income area. Um, a lot of single mothers, the schools are destroyed. Education is just really subpar. And I see that a lot of these kids lack father figures and just mentors in general. And what I notice is when you input that black man in, these, in the lives of these black boys, they tend to perform better academically. So just having our presence and then just us pouring into them on what it is to be, you know, a young boy, to be a young man, things of that nature, and how education can propel you up in life, it just makes a world of difference. So I know that's my purpose. And I would have never known that had I not worked in a library, just been around those young kids. Like That's another thing I didn't see in private school. Um, everyone that went to private school, their parents had money. When I went to public school, I was like, wait, y'all don't have this? Wait, y'all? And I just like, why? Like, why don't y'all parents? And I just understood, like, the world is different. It's everyone doesn't make this amount of money that my parents were fortunate to provide for me. So I just want to reach back to anyone else that had less and just pour into them. Yeah, definitely. I feel like um, there are two types of people in the world. And there are some people in the world who feel like they made it through things so anybody can make it through. And then there's some people who, like, go through things and realize that other people need to be helped through things. Like, it's... Um, a mindset of giving, I guess. I've been reading this book. I always talk about because like I've been reading it for like the past month. So I talk about it like literally on every single podcast. But mm-hmm. I think that everybody should read it. It's called um, All About Love by Bell Hooks. And mm-hmm. she really talks about like being a part of your community. And like she talks about it's like a commentary on society where she talks about how we've lost love in a lot of places in society. Like, for instance, um, at work, we think of work as somewhere that is void of love because that's how society has been. Like, why can't we have like loving relationships at work? Why don't we like be friends, like be like family with our coworkers? Like, why can't we do that? You know, why, why don't we care like that? Exactly. So um, it talks a lot about that, but also about like parental relationships, um, romantic relationships. Like it's all about love. Like, <laughs> I, I, I love the title again. And that goes back to the first one. We're told not to do certain things, but well, like the book said, why can't we not do this? It may be better in the long run better relationship with your coworkers, you know, better work on um, productivity, better customer satisfaction, whatever the case may be. Like I noticed once I started getting close to my coworkers, my mood got better. I may walk into work upset about something, but I know I got my three friends now, not just coworkers that can cheer me up and we can get through this work day. So stuff like that. I think you should always challenge the status quo when you know there's a better outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, what other status quos are you trying to challenge? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel that <laughs> um, in particular so here's another one this may be a little controversial I guess um but I don't believe that every I got some all specifically for black children I don't believe every black child should go to college and I actively tell a lot of my so I do a boys read program every Monday with some of the boys from the library system and they range from ages 8 to 18 and I remember I had one talk in particular when I spoke about alternatives to college, was it really trade schools? I told Louie about entrepreneurship, and a lot of parents were upset at me because they uh, did not go to college. Their parents didn't, and so on and so forth. So they wanted their son to be the first one to go. And I just had a, a very respectful talk, like, well, that's your opinion. This is mine. But I know, like, 70% of the classmates I went to at Delaware State, 
your son would end up in debt that they probably not going to pay off until they're your age. You know, I said it in a better tone, but that that's the whole point. Like we had to stop saying that you had to send everyone here and college is the only option because we know it's not the numbers show that it's not. So that's something that I challenge daily and I'm not anti-college. I went to college and I loved it, <laughs> but I just know that's not the route every child has to take or should take. Yeah. I, yeah, I definitely feel that just because like, oh man, if I could do it over again, I feel like I would have gone to like maybe a community college or something like just, I don't know, like done something different, like more um, artistic, maybe just, any, I don't know. Um, but I feel like a lot of times parents just want to make sure you're good. So they're trying to make sure that you go to college in order to make money in order, you know, like they, like they think about money as you've been successful. And again, that's that's where I challenge. If you say you want me to be good, well, let's look at the numbers of people with back with doctorates and masters that are working at your local grocery store. Nothing wrong working at a grocery store, but I'm sure they didn't go through those six extra years of schooling to get paid fifteen twenty dollars an hour at a grocery store. You you see, so like that piece of paper does not guarantee you a job. I worked at Safeway once I graduated. I was pissed. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I just did all this work for years, and it's the best I can get. I know there's another way. And that's no knock against me. I know I'm creative. I'm smart. I'm, I'm worth more than what this job is ever going to pay me. But I had to take something, of course. But I just don't, I don't even like that excuse. I want you to be good. Will, teach me how to survive in the world without a job. There are always going to be jobs that will hire you. Even if you, you know, say McDonald's always hiring, whatever the case may be. But teach me to survive without that. That's what I would like parents to think about instead of just first saying college, job, retirement, 65, they get I don't wait till I'm 65. I won't retire early in that. I don't want to wait till I'm in my, the golden years to enjoy my life. I want to do it now. Yeah, that is a lot of thinking outside of the box, though, because in life, we have to check all these boxes before we get to a place where we can do anything. Like, I feel like going through school, it was like, you have to go to, like, obviously, you have to go to middle school, you have to go to high school, you have to go to college, and you should go to um, graduate school. I was like, no, I'm good, actually. <laughs> I'm ready to work. <laughs> but it's like, it took me so long to, like, do everything that everybody said I had to do. Mm -hmm. And to like really, you know, be able to like explore things that I wanted to do. And I really think about how do we get there quicker for kids? Because I don't like, like you're saying, I don't think that we learn everything that we need to know in school. So how do we get the lessons that we need to know, like in life? Like, do we just change the school systems or is it the parents' mindsets that need to change? Definitely parents' mind. Now, it's funny you brought up the school. Personally, I put my kids in a... You don't got to be an African center or private school or nothing, but something just not a public school. I, I would like to see what their curriculum is because I know the public school is only going to teach you what the state wants them to learn. So first and foremost, they're going in a private school and then whether it's African center or not, we'll decide that later. But the parents mindset has to be changed. And if they don't know, you need to put your child in contact with somebody that does know. I, anything that I, I didn't really start learning anything about business until 2016, 2017. But that's because I was around other men that had businesses, whether it be just a five figure, six figure, whatever the business, but they taught me the game. And once I realized, so there are black folk that look like me, that are making money, that don't have quote unquote nine to five jobs, didn't go to college, where are the rest of them at? So I sought out mentors, I sought out coaches. I invested in myself, you know, through courses and all that good stuff. And that's how I learned. But if parents just continue to think, I gotta do the same thing my, my grandparents did, we gonna stay in this rat race. 
it's like it, it changes it starts with the parents mindset first and like you said let me do what i want to do i hate when parents stifle children specifically creativity like you said because you're a creative when parents say they ain't gonna make you no money they ain't gonna make you happy you're not making me happy <laughs> by keeping me from doing what i want to do like I, when i had kids i'm going to let them be as free as possible of course still gotta be a parent but definitely let them be as creative as they want because you don't know where that child will end up yeah yeah that like the um will and jada mindset of just letting your kids like be out and creative and free and expressive yeah i love jada willow as weird as i be thinking they be acting sometimes that's <laughs> them though and it's like once you learn and i'm slowly learning once you slowly learn to not care what other people think life just gets so much easier and i just struggled with that for years i'm slowly getting to like if you think i'm weird that's perfectly fine i'm not that's cool i'm gonna go over here where i want to not tolerate yeah fuck with people that fuck with you (laughs) and the schools are never gonna they're never going to i guess embrace that creativity wholeheartedly because remember their their job is to get you ready for college so all that painting you doing that music you playing or anything like that they're not really gonna yeah it's a business like sending kids to college like is a business like it's a whole business it's like what again i'd rather someone well not me particularly 18 because i don't know about business but if you do have that kind of child that is a go-getter like that they're a business mindset instead of giving them you know forty thousand dollars in debt how about the parents go to a loan go to a bank do what you got to do set them up with a small business loan and pair them up with someone that can assist them i would much rather take a shot at that even if you fail even if you fail i would feel better as a parent knowing I let my kid go after their dream because now I know they're going to do the same thing for their kid. And imagine how much that means. Like, <laughs> kids love trust from their parents, knowing that my mother, my father got me. If something fall, I can fall back on them. But many parents, and I don't fault the parents by themselves. I believe in the whole community. Parenting thing is concept as well. So let's say my mother couldn't assist me with starting a business or whatever. I would expect my neighborhood, because I've been here 27 years. Y'all can all pitch in and support me in doing whatever it is, but we've lost that as a as a people wholeheartedly. Yeah, no, I definitely feel that. I feel like we definitely have to get back to basics of just being like neighborly, first of all. Yeah. Like be your neighbor's keeper, you know, be your brother's keeper. Like, why are we on this earth together if we're not supposed to like take care of each other? You know, like what we just be here alone. Like Exactly, but we're not. Clearly, there's a reason we're all here, but like we just want to be so selfish. Like, well, as long as I'm good, that's all that matters. But I, I told one of my high school, fr- or she's a high school friend, she's a high school teacher now, and she told me like she don't, she didn't say she doesn't care about all the kids, but she's like some kids are just lost. You just can't get them back. I'm like, but here's my thing: if you never try, and let's say that kid gets older, how about they? They end up robbing you. You're like, dang. Um, Dang, Simone, what happened? You were so good in school. It's like, why well, I had no mentor? No one cared about me. I'm like, well, you could have been that person. You gave up on this kid, never poured into them, and now they rob you. But now you wish I, I should have poured something into that kid. They probably would have been all right or better off. So we just got to think about the long-term effects of things. That also speaks to another thing. Like, I feel like we as a generation just don't put enough effort in. Like, just effort in general. Like, we just think, like like failure really does like cripple us. We're so scared to just try things just because we think that we won't, we'll fail them or like, because people will look at us, you know, like how people will look at us if we do fail. Like, I don't know, like, 
life is too short (laughs) yeah we we have to get out of that mindset and and like i said it's even with with the car game um i was a little weary at first like what if i put it out here i done bought all these games and no one buy it and i'm saying looking stupid and then people was buying it out i'm like oh see now i don't look stupid like now i feel good and now i'm gonna take another chance on something else because i already have that confidence built up in me but like that's that's the hardest thing with anything going to the gym um even investing when i talk to uh just some of my friends now like yo it's really not that complicated. Like, let me walk you. I will hold your hand and walk you through it. They're just, they're just so scared. But I understand because I was like that at one point too. But it just takes that leap of that leap of faith, you know, that everyone just doesn't have. And I just mm-hmm. wish we all had it. That is actually something I do want to learn more about in the new year. Is like investing and in specifically like investing in stocks. Um, you can talk to me whenever. That's that's all I love to talk about because I just understand wealth wise what it does in the future. Like, um, I think it's my job to prepare for the next two generations. And if I can set them up, I think I have done my job. Right. And I know stocks is a way to do that because other million like the top one or two percent make all their a majority of their wealth through stocks. So it's like, why are we out of that game? Another thing, my props wouldn't teach me that either, but I wish they did. I wish public school did. They don't teach anything about money. If money is so important, why is it that we don't get that education until we get in college when we're 18, 19, or 20? But people- and sometimes are, not even then. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you never get it. But people of other races and culture get it when they come out the womb. Like I, I did meet one of, a white boy that came to my boys' program. He was like 10. And he was talking stock game to me. And I was thrown away. He wasn't like super yet, but he- the stuff he was telling me, I knew that he knew he was talking about. I was like, this boy is 10. I got 21-year-olds that can't even tell me what a stock is. You know, so mm-hmm. it, it just really bothers me. And I want to make that a normal conversation. Like, parents are so weird to talk to the kids about finances. I had a mom tell me not to talk to her kid about stocks. Because she was like, I don't want him investing in nothing crazy. And I said, again, I always take a step back when I'm talking to parents. Because I don't want to, I never want to overstep my boundaries. Mm-hmm. But one, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's because you don't know that you're afraid you're not worried you're not really worried about him it's because you don't know and you can't protect him if something goes wrong but let me educate you as well so you can assist him i'm here to educate all no one is no one's uh underneath me because at that at one point i was on ground zero didn't know a thing i had to learn people saw enough of me to pour into me and that's all i'm trying to do yeah that's a noble mission i think that's great i think education is everything like there's so much to learn, so much to share. And if you have that information, it's so important to just, to give it away. <laughs> what are you going to do with it? Just hoard it? Like, <laughs> Look, one, uh, my business coach, I forget the exact quote, but it's like lighting your candle doesn't dim my light. I think it comes from a Bible verse actually, but it was something to that effect. And I was like, yeah, if I pour, if I tell you right now, everything I know, the stocks are still going to be there. And like, you're going to take everything that I wanted to do. You just now have the knowledge to make your own decisions. But we're just so afraid of somebody one up in us, especially men. You know, we got those, these things called egos. And it's like, we can't have nobody else be on top. It's like, bro, it is enough money for all of us. If everybody in Trump cabinet eating, it's definitely enough for all of us to be eating. Like, <laughs> they spread the wealth up there. We'd be stingy keeping it to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, this is all about love. I'm telling you, it talks about like all of this. Who's just... <laughs> I'm sorry, what'd you say? Who's the author again? Bell Hooks. Bell Hooks. Yeah. I've been in the library before. Yeah. But, oh, you mentioned your um your game, your card game. 
Yeah, so um, Couple Up Card Game is a relationship building card game that I made to test your knowledge of your significant other. And it came out of a need, really, because my girlfriend is super, um, what's the word, vocal, opinionated, down for any conversation. And I'm more of, nah, don't really want to talk about that. I tend to avoid confrontation. So I said, I need to find a way to make it comfortable for me to ask her questions, her to ask me things, so we understand more things about each other. So that's where the game came up from. And I've been just enjoying the players that people have been sending me about the game, like how much they learned about their significant other, who they've been with for years. But it's there's certain things you just don't think to ask, and there are certain lessons in the questions, like certain scenario cards. There'll be mm-hmm. a lesson inside. You're like, oh, that's pretty dope. What sort of um, question do you ask? You're like, what's your favorite question that you've come up with? Favorite question. So like lately, the question that's been resonating the most is um, it's a what if card. So what if card is a, a blank scenario and you would have to answer. Well, my fault. Let's say me, you and I are playing. Mm-hmm. I draw the card. So the question is about me. So I'm going to write the answer down and you have to guess. If you get it right, we get points equal to um, the bottom that's on the card. So the question that's been more prevalent today is um, if I lost my job, what would I have to what would I not be willing to cut back on? So what expense would I not be willing to cut off? And when I notice I watch people play, uh, most men, they say I cut off everything. They say, no, my fault. They say they still got to get their shoes. Most women say they still have to get their nails and their hair done. And I'm just like, well, if I lost my job, hypothetically COVID, a lot of people lost their job. You had to cut back on something because the bills wasn't getting paid. Me personally, I'm cutting off whatever needs to be done. There is nothing that, that is above getting cut off hair i mean i still gotta wash and bathe so we're gonna get our hygiene <laughs> but like getting out done any kind of subscriptions done but to know there are some people that will still just to keep up a certain appearance right they're going to continue to put themselves deeper and deeper in debt than what they need to be so that was just very eye-opening to me and it just tells you what your partner feels is significant financially like what do you think that you need in life if i see that you still care about you know nail shoes hair in a time like this if we lost our job, that's what you're concerned about? <laughs> I'm going to look at you a little different. Yeah, that is a good, that's a good question because I think finances is just something we never talk about with anybody. I remember reading somewhere like America gets away with its salary disparity because like we don't talk about money enough. Especially even the whole thing where, you know, women getting paid was 70 cents to a dollar. Yeah. Honestly, I had always heard that. Never believed it until I got to until I got to in my freshman year and my um sociology professor showed me all these reports. I'm just like, yo, they really get paid so much less for the same work. Not they're not ignorantly. I'm like, why don't they just ask for a raise? They do, Jane. <laughs> but again, that's just just being ignorant, just not understanding how difficult it is for women on that level. Um, but yeah, like we all spoke more like, look, if you pay me this, you gotta pay her the same thing. It's just hard to get folk around that. Like, if I'm making 50, you making 30. How many people like, dang, I got to sacrifice 10, so we both make 40. I don't really want to do that. Right, but yeah. That whole community aspect, it'll be a no-brainer. Yeah. So how has it been, um, like, also um, running a business, like, mm-hmm. behind Couple Up? Has, is this, like, the first business you've tried, or it is? Yeah. Okay, cool. Very first one, again, I had no plan on being a business owner about anything. I was going to work in a library if I ever retired, all that good stuff. Um, so it's been very difficult. I think it's been it's been a lot easier because I've gotten control of my emotions. And that's one thing in business, you can't move off emotion. You had to move off of logic. So I know the hardest thing was when I wasn't getting sales as frequently as I thought it should, I would get 
I would get sold down. I act like a little crybaby. Like, I call my girlfriend. I tell my mom, ain't nobody buying. What's going on? The games are good. But it's like, I what I learned, that's the most important lesson. You can't control who buys your product or when they buy it. You can only control the amount of effort that you put in to get them to buy it. So once I understood that, I was like, well, the amount of games I sell is literally all on me. It's not like, I forget what movie it was, but he said, um, create it or bring it out and they will come. That's not how business works. Just because you, you put build it, it, they will come. You build it, they will come. No, they will not. They will sit there and look at it and be like, what's that? Why do I need it? Who are you? What do you have? Why should I buy it? Something my coach always says. And I just firmly believe that. And I think that's the number one lesson that business owners have to understand first before you can start pushing out your product or service. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. I think um, I was thinking about this yesterday and like, I feel like, okay, how do you feel about side hustles in general? Like, like you said, like you felt like you, you weren't thinking that you would have a side hustle or were you always thinking that you would have something on the side? Mm, and, until Couple Up came out, I was like, yeah, this this be a nice little cool thing. But before that, literally, it was just like job for the next 40 years, retire. I was, like I said, my mind was open in 20, I would say like later, really 2017. Even though the game, I started that in 20, in the 2018, in the 2019. Um, yeah, I, I believe everybody should have a side hustle. Like, if you didn't think that side hustle were necessary, look at March until now. Or even... It's going to happen in 2021 still. But if that didn't scare you, then I don't know what will. Like, I know my job may say I'm essential. I'm a librarian. The world don't. I am not essential to the economy. Like, I can get cut at any point in time, and I understand that. And knowing that, I had to prepare myself in case something like that does happen. I still have bills to pay. Lucky I ain't got no kids. That'd be a whole different situation. But I still had to take care of myself. And so... I think that those say, I don't need a side hustle. I don't, look, COVID clearly shows you that your job is not secure. So I don't know what else is going to take <laughs> for you to be like, you know what, let me put my talent to good use. But that brings up another question is why do people are, why are people afraid to use their talents for money? Every other business does it. McDonald's makes a terrible burger, but you know, they, they give the product that people buy. Why are we so afraid to offer our service and say, well, I charge X, Y, and Z for it? It's like no one else questions these prices. Like, put your price out. If they question it, they question it. On to the next one. Someone's going to pay it. I always say that. Someone's going to pay your price. Yeah, I'm like, okay, so I'm in the middle on, like, this whole side hustles and everything discussion. But the reason why is because, um, you know, Clubhouse, the new app that everybody's, yeah. So I'm on Clubhouse and I'm like in this room and I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. And it's like about like um, promoting your brand and how to get sponsorship. And then I'm in there and I'm realizing like, there's like 20 people on the stage, 500, 700 people in the audience. These are going on all day, every day, because in like for hours, like they were like, oh, we've been in here since 2 p.m. I was driving home and I think it was like nine. And I'm like, like, okay. So it just got very overwhelming. Like the amount of people that are trying to market themselves mm-hmm. and really like, I guess, I don't know. For me, it's like people are like creating things and yeah, if you're going to use somebody's product, I guess you should get paid for it. But like, when does the payment stop? Like, when do we just create things for the purpose of creating them, which is what I believe art is like, that's my definition of art. So it's like, if we're always creating things only when we're getting paid or, you know, like, so it's like, but it's also like, when do we rest? When do we stop promoting? Like, 
when do we have our downtime? If we have our nine to five and then we're working five to nine, you know, mm -hmm. like on the other side, when, when do we just relax and enjoy life? Gotcha. So I don't know. I'm like in the middle on like this whole, you know, obviously I have a podcast. So <laughs> mm -hmm. but, but the podcast leads to something. Again, yeah. I, what I've noticed how most of those, the coaches and people that make those courses, they make their money off the courses. So obviously they, they record something one time, put it out. It just keeps selling. And eventually, when it comes to a certain point, they don't have to do that all the time. Then they can just give you free gym. I've gotten a lot of free, great business gyms from free Instagram lives. They don't charge me for it. But certain information, and I don't say certain information, more so the connections, I think, is what you're really paying for. So you know, like my coach, a lot of the stuff he says, it's like really common sense, but we just overthink stuff so much. And they can put you in places that you probably can't get to by yourself. So that's personally what I think when it comes to those coaches and all that stuff. But I definitely think it's important to put out free content because everyone can't afford everything, you know? So that's the creating art just for art's sake. By the end of the day, you still have to get paid. Like we're in a capitalist economy. So I don't knock anyone that charges anything, but I do appreciate when they do give out free content for those that maybe can't afford their services, which everyone does. Like the information is out there to start a business. There's really no reason why i don't see no reason to not have a coach but there's really no reason to not start like all the information is there like again the who are you what do you have why should i care those three things that kind of laid the foundation for my business like once you get that you know how to promote it you know who you need to talk to because you know what you have and you know what it does and you just kind of keep going uh one lady told me she said you'll win if you don't quit she said in life relationships business personal whatever but once you quit though that's when you officially lost like again i forget another like why would i go through hell just to stop in the middle <laughs> keep going through it like yeah. you're eventually going to get to the end if you don't stop and surround yourself with the right people nothing the game tells you like you gotta look at your circle of friends are they really friends like what is your definition of a friend what are what are your obligations of them what do you expect from them so yeah. like that, um have you had issues with having a business and having like certain friends support you and certain friends you feel like maybe aren't supportive enough? Nope. And I, That's good. We, we hear that question literally all the time. I can't think of one person that I consider a friend that has not supported in some shape form or fashion, whether it be actually paying for the game or just promoting it. Cause promotion is, is free y'all. Like I, I love that. You feel me? You know, you can't buy it. Just share it. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Like that stuff is great. Um, but I also, and I said my girlfriend is I didn't, so I didn't expect, most of my friends bought the game. I really just expected most of them to share it. So I was very thrown off by that. I'm like, I thought they were going to ask for the game for the free. But I was just, I was so impressed that they thought enough about it to actually physically buy the game. And I feel bad for those whose friends don't support. But then I, I, I say, well, is that really your friend? Again, they don't have to buy. Because no, I get it. You don't want to change currency, cool. But we'll share a story. We will share Beyonce's next child being born on our story before we post our friends thing into that's another thing like human behavior why is that because we know beyonce's child's going to get more clicks or like why are we so afraid to support our friend's business like i it just baffles me i will never understand it because i've never i've never not supported it yeah, <laughs> like yeah. i'm also not pressed to post any kind of clickbait stuff or anything like that so i haven't had support i mean i haven't had an issue with having support from friends. that's really good as far now <laughs> 
Nice. Yeah, I feel like you also have to like communicate with your friends about what you expect from them too. Like, you can ask them, "Hey, have you checked out this?" <laughs> or "Have you did you see my post on this?" You know, like direct their attention to it too, if yeah. necessary. Because sometimes some friends may not understand. They were like, "Oh, I mean, yes, yeah, yeah, that's what's up," but they may never do anything. I'm like, "Hey, bro, do you mind sharing this?" Cool, no problem. That just may not be something they thought that you wanted to do so it's not it's nothing wrong with asking like ask your friends but some people be so timid like well, i want to ask them then they may get mad but if, if there was a friend let's say all my friends is support i really didn't have to ask anybody but let's assume they didn't i'm pulling up i'm calling hey brian what's going on bro yeah you didn't see that uh post yeah bro you mind commenting appreciate it all right much love <laughs> and that's that if we are friends we should be able to have that conversation but yeah. what's your definition of a friend you know, so yeah that's what yeah, I feel like that is like the most debated word of like the past maybe what 10, five years. I don't know, since maybe like high school started. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, they, my, I know my brother told me personally, he was like, everyone at everyone in school is not your friend, bro. He said, You'll find that out once you graduate high school and you go your separate ways. He said, then you'll see like who sticks around and all that. And I definitely did see a, a lot just fell off. You know, I thought we were cooler than what we are, but it's like, nah, bro, you was cool for high school. I'm like, Okay, I thought we were close, but it's it's all good though. Like I understand life happens, whatever, you know. Yeah. You never like, know. Like sometimes you separate and then you come back together, but I don't yeah. know. Sometimes you do just outgrow each other. You live this outgrow, and, and that is perfectly fine. Again, I had to learn to accept that. That's probably it. Doesn't mean you're a bad person. It don't mean they're a bad person. Our worlds are just now separate. That's literally it. Much love. Wish you nothing but the best. Nothing wrong with it though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think about any other questions I had. Well, I had one for you. Um, what? So you say if you can redo everything again, you would go to a community college, right? Yeah. So what would you do? Like, what would, would you get some kind of trade or what would you do at that community college that you didn't do in, a rather, in your other college? Um, I would have been able to explore more classes instead of settling down on um i majored in psychology and economics but instead of just like settling down on psychology as much as i do enjoy studying it i don't feel like i mean like i'm not using it you know so obviously it's not that useful so i would use that time to really like i guess explore different avenues like i'm somebody that likes to like open all the doors see what's behind them and really like I don't know, maybe I would have started my own business. So, I mean, I just would have used it to um, just gain more understanding of what I'm interested in. Before you just jump out full-fledged for your university, boom, here's your debt, have fun, we'll see you. And again, that's why I love asking that question. What would you have done if you had not gone to the four-year school? Because those sometimes those worlds are totally opposite. But even with your, um, you said psychology degree? Mm -hmm. Now, can you parlay that into some kind of business or do you need more degrees to actually... I believe you do for psychology. Um, I'm pretty sure you need a master's to really do anything with it. Um, I mean, like <laughs> you have a general understanding of psychology. But I'm sure you could use it in business, mm -hmm. but but see, even that, like you say, it's to do anything with the degree, you would need a master's, and that's not to knock your degree. But I'm sure, or you correct me if I'm wrong. Um, could you have learned that same stuff just from reading a book? Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, like <laughs> colleges are spoon feeding you, you know, <laughs> that's literally all I'd be trying. Uh, and again, we do need some kids to go to college. You need a degree for, you know, to be a doctor, to be a lawyer. So we ain't saying don't send them. But does everybody have to go? 
like some of the stuff we can literally learn from sitting in our room. I got a whole room full of African-American history stuff. I don't need to go to college to get a degree in African-American studies. I just yeah. kind of see that as a little, even my, I got a criminal justice degree. What am I doing? I work in a library. Nothing to do with criminal justice. Like I like it, but I didn't have to get that to do what I do now. And now that I know my purpose, I definitely didn't need that degree. And then you could have gone back after you knew your purpose and made it like a more meaningful $40,000. Exactly. I, I could have did something in more so education, of course, um, or, you know, creating lesson plans. Like you can, you can create curriculum that that could have been my thing. If I understood how the child's mind work and um, what things they like to look at, what attracts their minds, I could have made curriculum, you know, but now I don't waste it X amount of dollars with this criminal justice degree, which I'm never going to use now. I know that. <laughs> but Yeah. I guess we can move into the last part of the question, the last part of the podcast where um, I ask if you have any questions, I guess we already started, but um, if you have any others. Let's see. So I know what you would have done. What is your, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Oh God. <laughs> I'm so mad I didn't get mine. I didn't even put my wish in for the superpowers. Um, <laughs> I was waiting. Oh my God. I, um, I would say um, teleportation. Why is that? um because then i can schedule events back to back and be on time <laughs> for when the world opens back up i used to always be hopping from event to event so mm. <laughs> gotcha gotcha and when, so when you do because you say you don't you're still trying to find the purpose right yeah so you do find your purpose do you think you'll be able to jump full-fledged into it like knowing that you like leave everything I say, like life is really simple. We just make it complicated. The hardest thing is just starting. Are you, do you see yourself being confident enough and being able to jump into that purpose once you find out what it is? I feel like it's gonna take me a little bit more time because I'm a risk averse person. Mm -hmm. So I enjoy the stability of having a day job and having a check every two weeks. So I feel like I would have to build something up before I jumped from like one platform to another. Um, but I do feel like, I don't know, I'm kind of like learning more. Like, I feel like one of my talents and like, that's, I guess how you find your purpose is through your talents is bringing people together. So I'm trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do with that. But I know that that's a part of it. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm glad that that's just, that's just a start. Like, I'm glad you're even there. It is a clear sum. I'm not saying quit your job. I would never tell anyone to do that. I'm not quitting my job until couple up and I also have an event studio in um, Camp Springs. So until couple up combined with that event studio, until that can replace and then some of my income, I'm keeping my job. I understand that everyone can't take those risks. I can't take those risks. So I'll never tell you to do that, but I do like that you have a start. You know you bring people together. Even deeper than that, I feel like at the end of my life, I wanna be um, a philanthropist. So I know it's like giving back to the community, bringing people together. And I'm just figuring, I guess, out like, um, how <laughs> you so. see other people that do what you want to do you look at their story you know figure out how they did it like the, the blueprint for anything that we want to do is already there we just got to find it you know i was going to ask you earlier um about um how you find mentors mm -hmm. um so literally so i just i got fortunate like i said being in the library this group called 100 black men of prince Orleans county they came into the library system doing a boys read program with me then they transitioned out and i had it so i was lucky in that instance but after that um just like you say you be in clubhouse listening to all these people most of them are coaches but some of them may be open to mentorship 
So if I already didn't have a bunch of mentors or coaches, I would literally just DM people like, hey, I love your work. Um, do you have some kind of program or would you mind if I did X, Y, and Z? I, I love this one thing a girl told me, her name is Nisha. She said, serve your way to success. And she was saying how she did a flyer for one of the people, one of the real housewives ladies. And she was like, um, she she ran into her doing some event she was doing and she just started helping her set up for the event. The, the housewife, whatever, and I feel bad saying that, but she didn't know who Nisha was and she was a graphic design artist. But after doing all that work for her, she didn't ask, what do you do? I do graphic design work. She's like, oh, well, you just helped me do all this. Well, let me give you some work. Can you do this flyer? Something like that. So like, I think as you serve your way, somebody is going to see something and you'd be like, hey, let me put you in contact with this person. But just for those that, let's say you can't do that at the time being, just look up mentor groups in your, in your local area. Um, see if your local community center has something like that, you know, or go on Facebook. It's, it's sometimes I like just put, hey, does anyone know any mentors or 18 year old wanting to do aviation? Something, something like that. You I just deleted my Facebook, unfortunately. Oh, no. Well, maybe like six months ago. I just, I, I never used it. <laughs> I keep it just for birthdays, to be honest with you. So I keep remember people's birthdays and just I keep birthdays up here. <laughs> I, I'm terrible with that. Like family, obviously, but even some friends have like, let me check that real. Cool, we good. But yeah, um, I would definitely just say just social media is like our best tool right now. And especially, it's better when you're young. I always tell like kids, like, use your youth while you have it. When you get my age, 30, 40, ain't nobody looking out like that no more. Like, you got to get it while you're young. So that's true. Really just yeah. add any kind of mental organizations around, and that's how you get it. Yeah, I was saying that, like, after, um, when I turned 26, it's like, you really have to, like, cut this shit because, like, you know, like, people don't <laughs> feel as sorry for you. you know, and, like, when you're 30 and, like, you're looking for mentorship, I guess that, yeah, that can be tough. Or you just got to pay for it. True, yeah. That's the only thing. And like I said, if you got to pay for it, you got to buy that bullet. But again, I look at everything as an investment. What's the long-term effect of this? Yeah, I got to pay a couple hundred dollars, whatever. I'm in this person's group. I can ask them whatever I want. They they are where I want to be. So why would I not pay this small investment in hindsight for future earnings daily down the line? That's I think mm-hmm. every move as an investment now. And it's really about being aggressive. Like, I wanted to say I wanted to say active, but I feel like aggressive is the right word. Like you have to like know what you want and really like go after it. I feel like a lot of times where like like even in college, I feel like I wasn't um, aggressive about the opportunities that were around me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't get as much out of college as I wish I did. Like you know, just joining the different clubs and stuff. I wish I that I was more involved in that way. That's ninety percent of us. I'm like, I wish I got my resume professionally done. Like they had whole professional resume writers. Mm-hmm. Never knew all these, again, mentorship groups. Me personally, I just never knew about it. But then also maybe I should have sought it out a little more if I was really into it that, you know, that heavily. But yeah. But then do, if nobody tells you like that's something that you should be seeking, you know, like you think you're just there to go to class and like, you know, there's so many other opportunities on a college campus. Mm-hmm. But if you stay in your dorm all day, you will never find it. <laughs> yeah so um do you have any other questions um no but i i thank you so much for having me on it's been a dope conversation yeah no this has been great do you have oh thank you for being here also i didn't say that out loud um (laughs) um, do you have any social media you'd like to plug yeah definitely so um you can grab your couple up card game at coupleupgame.com and you can follow us at couple up card game on instagram also if you're looking to have an event anywhere in pg county area COVID friendly, you know, keep that countdown. 
um, you can go to Next Generation Event Studio on Instagram and you can book with us right there. And I appreciate you so much for this. I love the podcast. And just, just keep at it. Like, again, that's the hardest thing. Keep going. But if you don't quit, you will win. I feel that definitely it's all about like um, trying, reviewing the process, trying again, trying, reviewing the process, trying again. That's and, yeah. <laughs> um, do you have any other projects that you're working on um, that you want to let everybody know about? The next thing I'm working on is a financial literacy card game, of course, for kids. And with that game is going to come a course like we were talking about, where I'm really talking about intro to stocks, intro to personal slash banking finance and intro to business finance. Those three things are things that we are never taught. Like I said, some of us don't get it when we're 27, 30 going on, you know. So I want to get kids right now, starting with the um, fourth, fourth grade and up. I think that third, fourth grade, that's when you start really honing things in. You start becoming more of a person. And obviously, as you get 18, you know, you kind of stuck in ways. So I want to get them early where they're still, um, where they still want to learn this kind of stuff. Because kids love money. You throw money in their face, they lose their mind. $500 to a kid is like life-changing. So I'm like, if I can show you how to make this 500 and just, you know, 20,000, whatever the case may be, through the long term, any kid would love that. But we got to present it in a way that makes sense to them. So that's what I'm going to do next. That's awesome. I think that's such a dope idea and such a great way to give back. Like, Mm -hmm. that's such an awesome idea. I'm just thinking about (laughs) where, like, um, like different people that I know that, like, could also, like, use this financial literacy card game and, like, different people that are involved in schools and everything. Because I think that's really amazing, honestly. Yeah, schools Um, I want to do a partnership. Obviously, when schools open back, I don't know how we do it virtually, but when schools open back up, hopefully, definitely I do some kind of partnership where they can get the game for free. I just want you to play it. Because again, like I said, everything's not about money. I do like people to understand, like those mentors, like that are like, I don't step outside the house if it ain't for a check. I think that's selfish. Because again, everyone can't afford that. But I, I give up my time freely all even every Monday for two hours I give my time freely to these kids I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope y'all did also it's really cool to sat, finally sit down and have a conversation with someone who's kind of been hiding in plain sight you know we've been around the same people for years but never actually sat down and had a conversation so that was nice if you enjoyed this episode please like rate and subscribe leave a review if you feel like it let me know what you think on social media if you'd like to follow the podcast that's at in my podcast on Instagram and Twitter. If you would like to subscribe to the podcast, you can do that on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Also Stitcher, if anybody uses that, I know that that's not that popular. But if you do, um, also check out the website, NTNY Podcast, for any updates that are coming up. Lastly, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, or just something you want to share, you can send those emails to NTNYpodcast at gmail.com. Thank y'all for listening, and I will see you next week.